0: And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the human design advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global.com
1: forward slash advantage. I want to give parents a tool so that they can take five minutes and make it special. No matter how crazy the day is, you can say, Hey, this is the time for us. Let's go sit down and have some one-on-one time. It is really important to me that I give each of my children individual time and it's also really hard. And so I wanted to make it something approachable that could be done and create moments that matter.
0: My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing and leadership strategies as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out. Create the influence, income and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influenced by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and super excited to be here today with Camille Walker, who's the founder of MyMummyStyle.com, which is a lifestyle parenting blog. She's also the author of the Time For Us journals, which we're going to be talking a little bit about today, and she's a virtual assistant coach. She's also the host of the Call Me CEO podcast and is a champion to help mothers find their passion and creativity while balancing motherhood and being your own boss so I'm super excited to have you here on the show Camille and looking forward to our conversation today thank you so much for having me there's are a lot of people that listen to this show that are mothers that have a business there are probably some listening that want to start a business and haven't quite got there and I think it's a very I guess important conversation to have because there's a lot of mummy guilt around You know how do we build this business and how do we look after ourselves and what we want to do how do we keep ourselves fulfilled and doing meaningful things and also being a mother and spending time with our kids because it's i'm i'm a mom you're a mom it's a it's a very difficult thing to balance so before we start why don't you tell us how you actually came to be coaching or talking about? motherhood and business in the same sentence?
1: Yeah, I think that that's such a good question because no matter who you are, wherever you are in the world, I feel like the demands of motherhood and providing for our families are different than they were for our mothers, grandmothers. And before that, Mm. our times are changing. And so with that, the conversation is changing and we're having to figure out what is a healthy balance and what does that look like for me as an individual, as well as for a society as a whole. And so how I got started into it was I was working in the mortgage business. I had been in the field for about six years and in the crash of 2008, we all know what happened then. It was a great economic recession. And for me, I actually had my first baby in 2008. Mm -hmm. And so it was the perfect time for me to take a pause and really step into that role of motherhood. And I love being a mother. It's what I've always wanted to be. I love the role. I love what it means to be able to provide and care. My degree is actually in family consumer science education. And so all of the child development, parent and adult roles, cooking, sewing, all those things that you would learn from like a home economics teacher. Those are the things that I chose to learn more about in the hopes of becoming a mother, but also in teaching others how to live whole and happy lives. Mm -hmm. So when I came home and I was now with my little baby and then went into having my second a few years later, I realized that that passion for education and for creating a home life that you love does also mean that you may be looking for something to help fill you up in other ways of your life, not Mm -hmm. only in motherhood, but in fulfillment, or maybe also to help provide for the family. I know at the time when I was at home with my little ones, I was trying to save money any way that I knew how to help provide for them. But I really felt a sense of, I don't know, it was like, I felt guilty spending any money outside of the grocery budget, you know, and Mm -hmm. I would shop the clearance aisles a year in advance for my children's clothes. And And I thought there's got to be a way that I could share how I'm helping to grow my life as an experience, the experience of being a mother, but also how can I make this an experience to help others too? So I took everything that I had learned as a family consumer science teacher, and I started sharing it all online before blogging was even a way of making income. And that's how I started to build my online career was through blogging in those early Early ages of blogging years ago,
0: yeah, and I think the uh, right back then at the beginning, like it was a lot. I'm going to say easier. Not that anything online is ever easy. It was a lot easier for us to build an online presence back then, more so than it is now. In some ways, so as I'm even saying that there wasn't as many people around now, but now there's uh, around then. Sorry, but there's so much more information around now. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm how just on that because you have been doing it back in the let's call it the wild
1: wild west internet days yes <laughs> yes what what have you seen the changes over that time oh my gosh well at that time everyone was doing the family blog you know and it was deal sites and recipes that were really starting to gain traction for ad space and learning what Google ads were and that you could use that space online to create influence or to create some kind of a relationship with a sponsor. So I remember the first time that I was reached out to, I think it was by, I'm trying to remember. It was like a $50 payment to share a food product or something like that. My mommy has a lot of recipes. And so that was kind of one of, one of the things that got us into the door working with brands initially. And so I thought, Oh my gosh, like I was over the moon that it was possible to use this space online that I was using as a way of communication and inspiration, but also turn it into a business. And that was mind blowing. No one knew that that would be something that your influence could create so much power and just change the market as a whole. No one would have ever thought that brands would be looking at stay at home moms and saying, Hey, eyeballs are on them. We need to get our product into their hands, but that is what it was. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, we're seeing that that's where marketing really makes an impact is that communication of this is what's working for me. The hard part now is that it is so saturated that you, everyone looks at you with a side eye. Like, does that person really like that thing? Or are they just getting a quick buck? You know, and that was kind of what, after so many years of working with sponsors and advertisers that I thought, you know, I really want to turn the lens of what women are doing in building businesses away from like, buy this cereal or do this or that, I thought, man, my heart is really with these moms that are building businesses and wanting to make it work, whether it's inside or outside the home. And that's why I started recording my podcast 10 years later, because I was getting so many people approaching me and saying, Hey, will you talk about my boutique? I just started this boutique. I'm selling these shirts. They say happy mama or whatever, or, Mm -hmm. Hey, will you talk about this product that I developed for safety flatware for kids. And I thought, man, I want to talk about all these things and I want to share your story. I want to share why you came up with this flatware or why you're sharing these t-shirts because there's always more to it. And so my passion for helping mothers and sharing their stories was eventually what it led to, even though I'd been working for years with companies that I love and adore, I was ready to shift a little bit and do something different.
0: Mm. So really helping people to share their stories, which is what you just said, is your passion and that's that's what sort of came through. How easily did you find that? So what was that transition between what you were doing and, and what you're into now? You know, was that something you woke up one day and just went, oh my goodness, like this is the thing? Or can you just explain to us about that transition? Because I think this is really important. Because none of us do the same thing all day, every day,
1: forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question. And no, it was a process of years. And I actually still am running my blog and have a team that helps me to keep the wheels churning over there. So I still will work with sponsors and advertisers on that space, but In my day-to-day inspiration or like the vision of what I want to do with turning around and helping others was more in the space of how do I give opportunity where there is so much more opportunity to make money online and be at home with your kids or work remotely. If you want to travel more or work outside the home, there's just so much more opportunity. And I think that often we get stuck in the wheels of, well, it couldn't be for me, or I don't have enough time or who am I to, you know, a lot of self-doubt and questioning. And I think for so many years, if you have chosen to be at home with your children and then you go out to into the workforce, it's terrifying because you think, well, what do I have to offer? But in my eyes, there are so many more opportunities now where you can gradually lean into that. Or if you've been in a career for 15, 20 years, there are so many options to pivot and change. And so one of my favorite things about interviewing women is that you learn about this up and down the ebb and flow of their lives, the seasons of their capability, their availability, because as mothers and as women, we know that the demands of our family will change what we have to offer and to give to ourselves, to our families and to our careers or our businesses. So that's just really fascinating to me that nothing is stagnant. We are ever learning and growing and changing. And so that part of that process and how the brain works and how we develop is so fascinating to me because we all have so much potential.
0: Mm, Totally. So Camille, I want to dive into human design a little bit because I've got your chart in front of me and I find this really intriguing because you are a projector and projectors are people that generally, you're not the worker bees. You are, you're the guides you're able to do things in much less time than the rest of us. You can see things that that many of us can't, but you're also designed to work just a little bit and to take a lot of time off. So as someone that's got so many things going on, how have you, um, I guess, maintained your energy as a projector while you've got so much going on?
1: Yeah, I. Lo- <laughs> it's funny because we're talking about this And the reason why I developed the virtual assistant program is because I have to use virtual assistants because I've only ever been able to work in little blocks of time as a stay-at-home mom. I have four little kids and my oldest is now 13. My youngest is five. So I'm starting to get little pockets of more time, but I've always had to work my life in a way that I work during nap times and early morning brief hour or a late at night session. And so delegation to be able to grow my company was essential because I was not good at the menial tasks. I don't like charts. It's kind of funny because I teach others how to do the things I've learned to do to grow my own business, but those tasks that other people love, like the charts and the tracking and all of the different things that was not where my, my mind worked best. I'm more, I feel like I'm more of a visionary and I can get distracted by the big picture. So equipping my business with people surrounding myself with people who are better than me at those things is what has enabled me to have success because I can't wear all the hats. Mm, totally and
0: you're you're specifically you're a splenic projector so you're very intuitive and your intuition drops in and you're able to make decisions like instantly you just have a knowing how has that helped you in your business and has there ever been a time where you didn't trust your intuition yes And
1: yes, it's funny because I was, (laughs) I was having this conversation with my husband. I, because I kind of have a dual approach to my business. If I have an idea and I, I trust my gut instinct, I'll go for it. That can mean sometimes that I overextend. And Mm -hmm. so my husband's really good as my partner to help me kind of rein me in a little bit where he can say, wait, 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 are you sure this is the right time? And, but I also am a researcher. So I do a lot of research, but then when I decide to do something, I will do it. And sometimes it's to my detriment because as a mother, there are unforeseen things or demands that come from family life that you may not expect. But at the same time, when I, when I lean into faith rather than fear or in the zone of what can I give instead of what am I getting? That's where I've found the best flow of my life, of accepting what it is that has come to me. And it's always been through gratitude that more door, doors have opened. If I'm getting too much in the space of, oh, this isn't going to work, or I have fear of what it is that's coming, then things don't flow. And so I really, this last, especially th- these last two years, have invested a lot of time in self-development with audio books that I listen to. And I do that at night. If I get too busy in my head with the to do's for my own business, I will listen to an audiobook at night to kind of allow myself to go into a place of peace or a growth mindset or someone else's story. So I'm not like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if this ever happens no. <laughs> to you. Yes. Like at night where you're like, oh no, I have to do this or this or this is waiting or I did this wrong if i let myself spin in that there's no there's nothing good that comes from that space so i really try to fill my space in my mind with the flow of energy of the good and gratitude and in expansion mm, i love that so
0: much and i know that so many people listening will will totally understand that you know obviously as podcast listeners that's what we're doing we're we're going into these other places to hear other we you know we listen to podcasts to learn but it's also to hear other people's stories and to to take our mind and let it wander and go somewhere else because we need to do that otherwise we end up in this spiral of always just like focusing on work and that doesn't work we burn out and, and we just can't maintain focus in that way there's just one little tiny thing that i wanted to share with you around your chart and that's around your life theme and your purpose and you're definitely living On purpose, because your your life theme is all around really help like living experiences, and then helping others to live those similar experiences. And you're living that by you've done so many things where you've tried things, and and then you know you've you've come up with your journal, and you've come up with your your courses, and it's all been through your experiences. But just be really aware, and just sort of tuck it to the back of your mind that you don't need to solve everyone's problems all at the all all the time, that you are able to have some experiences and just let them drift away and just, you know, not worry about them and you don't have to solve other people's problems. Otherwise, you you will burn out. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to to leave that there because I, I think that it's always really wonderful to have these little insights
1: into who we are and, you know, catch ourselves out. Yeah, I will tell you as a content creator, blogger, influencer, videographer, whatever, So much of my career has been around sharing my life and my experiences. And what did I learn from this and what's happening this moment? This is what I'm wearing and this is what I'm eating. And these last couple of years, I really started to feel burned out of that, that I couldn't be in the moment. I actually was contracted with TikTok to make content for them, five videos a week for six months. And I love that platform, but it turned my time into, and the way I looked at the world as what can I create for content right now with what's happening around me and it wore on my family and it, and instead of like cooking a meal together, it became, Oh, that's not the right lighting. Hold up the video camera higher or this or that, you know, and a little, some of that is fun with my kids. We've really learned a lot together, but like you said, having moments to myself that are just ours has was what I peddled back from. And I'm like, I, I can't be pushing this so much. I need to take a break back. So that's actually been a lesson that I've learned a lot in these last couple of years and why I, I've pivoted in the way that I have.
0: Love that so much. So you work with women now to help them to become, or to set themselves up as virtual assistants. Can you tell us, I mean, you touched on that a little bit there. What are the sort of women that you work with and And what is the problem that you help them solve?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, one of the things that I got, I get a couple of questions very often. One is how do I make female friends and keep friends I can trust? I get that question a lot. Another question I get is how can you travel with your kids and have money to afford to do that? And the third is how do you work from home and how could I start a business if I wanted to be at home with my kids? And so for me, I thought, man, if I'm going to be offering advice about what I would do if I were starting over, I wouldn't say start a blog Mm -hmm. because in my experience, it's about consistency. There's a lot of research that goes behind it. It can be very overwhelming to step into it if you're brand new, Mm -hmm. but there are so many opportunities to be a freelancer or in other words, a virtual assistant who essentially is someone who can do Administrative, creative, just different kinds of tasks from home. And you can do it virtually from anywhere. You can help people who have online businesses. You can help people who have brick and mortar businesses. You can help people who have been in business forever or they're just starting out. And you can really tap into things that you find interesting or you have a natural skill set for. So, someone who maybe is really good at organizing. Parties or events, or another person who has a really good skill set for money and tracking booking, or another person who loves social media and they want to do social media and Pinterest and Instagram, or another person who simply wants to help you schedule with bookings or editing audio or video. There are so many tasks that I think a lot of us don't even realize that we're already developing a skill set for with being familiar with technology day to day just on our phones that so many business owners are looking for to free up themselves time so that they can expand their business and use their mind in ways that will help the business to grow in the big scale and not in those menial tasks that we get bombarded with every day. Mm,
0: Totally. Have you found over the past couple of years that traditional business uh, are more open to the idea of having a virtual assistant? Now that they can see that everyone's working from home or are you finding a, a, or are you starting to see a swing back to, no, we want people in the
1: office? I think that if one thing the pandemic has taught our society or culture is that work can be done when people are focused and fulfilled and for some to be focused, they need to be in the office. But for many, they need an environment where they can have clear thought. And for a lot of people that can be at home or anywhere else that they might be. So I think if anything else, people are seeing more and more that they can have virtual assistants that are specific for something that they're really good at. So. For example, I have right now six different virtual assistants that work for me, but they all have specific tasks that they are very good at, and it keeps that load off my shoulders. And it also is something that I know I don't have to worry about. So I think that now with so many people working virtually, it makes more sense where the term virtual assistant, I had to explain a lot more a couple years ago than I did just in the last two years because people are like, oh yeah, they work from home and they do X, Y, Z, or this is what they get done. Or they're really good at my bookkeeping or this or that. And there have been insurance companies or airlines or dental companies that will do like billing or things like that. And they'll hire people who want to work from home. But I think so many more business everyday, small business owners are realizing, oh, I can hire that out and I don't have to worry about posting on Instagram every day or worrying if I have real a real app, someone else could make that for me. And I think that that is awesome.
0: Mm, totally. I want to flip from being the virtual assistant. You just mentioned that you have six VAs that work mm-hmm. for you. And something that is near and dear to my heart is delegation yes. because we can't be the CEO of our business and wear all the hats. It's just not possible. And you know, if we look at big fortune 500 companies those ceos don't do any of the stuff that happens you know from there down they're there for the vision and and leadership and to be running the team how do you delegate in a way that or or something that i hear all the time is it takes me too much time to delegate it's faster to do it myself how did you make that transition to understanding how to delegate and what are the systems that you put behind that? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So for me, I think a lot of that leans into letting go, which can be hard, especially if you're starting out and you have been the person that wears all the hats. And so my advice to do it well is to do it slow. So pick some tasks that you hate the most and get referrals from people. I one of the reasons why I started my virtual assistant offering was because I have so many friends who run businesses and say to me, I need someone who can help me run social media. Who do you have? Or I need someone who can do my Pinterest. Do you know someone? And my favorite virtual assistants that I've found have almost always come from word of mouth referrals, because I think that that's scary. It's like handing over a baby. Right. And so (laughs) yeah, you just, I think starting out slow and picking tasks that you want to let go of and doing it little by little, and you can develop a relationship of trust. So even with take, for example, my audio editor for my podcast, when I started working with him, I did not have him do all of my podcast work, but slowly he went from doing my audio editing to the, uh, social media creation to the audiograms. You know, we did it a little by little and I just, I kind of tested the waters to see, okay, can I trust him? Is this going to go well? And through that time you develop that relationship of trust. And if, if you're testing it out at first and you think, man, this really isn't worth The amount of money that I'm investing into this person, that doesn't mean that you should give up. That means you should try someone different. You know, and I think sometimes we think it has to be this all or nothing mentality, and it doesn't. You just take it a little bit of at a at a time, ask your friends, talk to referrals, and just take it step by step. And then eventually you'll find a team that works well. As far as systems everyone's different. This is something that I talk about in my course quite a bit because people, some like to use ClickUp, some like to use Trello, some like to use Google Docs. So that really is just dependent upon your preference. For me, I most often will use Google Docs. It's so basic, Mm -hmm. but like for Mm -hmm. me, that's what I like. So typically I will do shared emails that they then put into shared docs. And we will have task lists with notes next to them. And it's not one of your fancy, like, uh, I mean, there's so many, cause I teach about them all the time. I teach about six different ones in my course, but honestly I use Google docs the most. Mm,
0: I love Google docs as well. It's super simple. And I love it most uh systems these days integrate with google yes so whatever system you use google and google drive google docs google sheets just integrate Mm -hmm. so simply and easily that that makes it easy and and i love that you said you know ask other people because you can get caught down a rabbit hole of researching and i've seen this so often where people like i've been researching for weeks i research in like less than an hour, because really the things that need to come up will come Mm -hmm. up. You ask a couple of people, but also be very aware that when you do ask them, don't get caught with trying to listen to everyone because everyone will have different opinions. So just kind of take the, I guess, the big rocks out and just figure out what works for you. So I really love that.
1: Yeah. And one other bit of advice with that is to give people second chances. I've seen and I've talked to people who have had assistants who have messed up. And they get so upset about it that they fire them right away. And I think that that is not the right thing to do. I think that giving people a second chance and having open communication of your expectations will create opportunities for the person working for you to flourish and to grow. And that if you give someone the benefit of the doubt and say, Hey, there are some typos on this, or I noticed X, Y, Z, that they will be so much more willing to, Give you grace when you have times that you mess up, or and not that you should do this repeatedly, and it's this you know relationship where you can't trust them, of course not, but give people give people time to grow. You know it takes time to get to know personalities and expectations, and communication is key. And I think
0: going off what you said there, to go actually deeper is that us as the entrepreneur as as the the coach, we also need to learn how to delegate mm-hmm. and how to handle the task. And so many times I'll see, I'll, you know, people will say, oh, that person messed up. And then when you really dig deep and you have a look at the way they've handed off the task, it was so, it was, it, there wasn't enough detail there to really understand. So I think it's it's definitely a two-way street. Absolutely. And it's from learn from us as the entrepreneur learning to hand off and delegate that task in a way that makes sense so that we don't, you know, we can't expect people to read our minds, yet so many people do want their VA to read their mind. Um, and then from the other side, really getting clear on sort of the communication style between you. I know we've got 15 on our team and the way that I would speak to each of them is very mm-hmm. different because I've got to know their personalities. I love that because I hear so many people saying, you know, be uh, like quick, quick to fire. And I'm, it's not something that sits very well with me because I just think that to me, that's really unfair yeah. because you, there, there does need to be a lot of work in starting to understand each other. Yes, absolutely. Totally. Tell us about your time for us journals. You mentioned those before. I'd love to know more about what they, what they are. Yes.
1: Okay. I'm going to, I'm kind of crazy because I love the business. I love the creative, but at the end of the day, I'm all about creating moments that matter with the people you love. That's always been my motto. So when I created my mommystyle.com, it's all about being the mother that you want to be, find your own style. What does that look like? And so time for us, it's interesting because I went through a period of time in my life with a child who struggled with mental health in regard to screen time. And he at only four years old was having pretty much I don't want to say mental breakdowns, because that sounds really dramatic, but something where he was starting to have really emotional responses to the amount of screen time he was having. And I know I'm not alone in this because parents have reached out to me about this. And it was to the point where I thought something is going on. I don't know what it is, but we need to help our child. And it was it was when I started monitoring screen time and making the association with what I called the five pillars of health in my house. We made this up. So for us, it's screen time, it's healthy food, good sleep, communication, and exercise. Did I say exercise twice? Okay. Perfect. I got it first time. Yay. (laughs) Um, and so my son and I started to figure this out and we talked a lot about, uh, creating healthy screen time relationships in our home. And so, I created a program called the screen freeze program where I taught parents how to create healthy screen time in the home that's still available. However, it was a really emotional topic to talk about online. Either people felt like they didn't need help with it. They had it under control or they felt shame about it because they didn't want to focus on the amount of time their kids were having on screens and they felt bad. And so I thought, how can I come at this? in a direction of positivity. And I grew up journaling from the time I was five years old through adulthood that I think that's why I became a blogger. I've always loved to write. And I thought I should create a journal that parents and children can do together. So it's time we spend on purpose and it happens to be screen-free, right? And so that's how Time For Us was born. And it's a journal that's meant to be done side-by-side with your child. Either you can write it as the parent or the child can write it and you talk about how they're feeling that day, what the weather's like, and then there's creative prompts every single day that are different. So there's one that you ask to the other, and then there's actually a creative page on the second side where they can write or draw or put a picture in that represents whatever the question is asking. So it was something that kind of came out of this path of mine where I thought I want to give parents a tool so that they can take five minutes and make it special. And so no matter how crazy the day is, you can say, Hey, this is the time for us. Let's go sit down and have some one-on-one time. And as a mother of four, it is really important to me that I give each of my children individual time. And it's also really hard. And so I wanted to make it something approachable that could be done and create moments that matter.
0: I love that so much. I love it so much. That's so cool.
1: Where can people go to get that time for us journal? Yeah, so it's available on Amazon. There's actually two versions. Uh, So there's volume one, volume two. They're different questions. So you can buy both if you want to. And I'm also working on Time for us for teens. I have a teenager now. Bless my heart. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so hard and I love it. He's crazy and it's it's a wilder ride than I ever imagined. Uh oh, yeah. and I'll be coming out with a time for us couples and time for me. So those are going to be a series that's coming out um, as we go through, but you know, that's really where my heart is. I created the 60 Days to VA as a resource for mothers to be able to create that business from home, from scratch if they want to. But at the end of the day, family and creating those moments is where my heart is. Mm, I
0: love that so much. For people that have listened to this and they really want to stay connected with you, Camille, how
1: can they do that? Yes, so you can go to camillewalker.co. That's my website that, Covers everything, but you can also find me at mymommystyle.com and my podcast, Call Me CEO. And if you're looking for recipes, parenting, travel, anything like that, that's parent and family related, My Mommy Style is where you want to go. If you're looking to just follow along with the craziness, you can see me at CamilleWalker.co on Instagram or TikTok if you're a TikTok fan. And you can also go to Call Me CEO podcast on Instagram. I'm kind of everywhere.
0: perfect what is one one thing that you would like to leave mothers with today Mm -hmm. um, whether they're in business or not what is that one message that you would like to leave
1: that you don't have to have the answers for everything right now and you are exactly where you need to be to discover who you want to be and I think that that discovery is the purpose of our life. And so each day it's about finding gratitude and joy for what you have in the moment so that you can expand and grow into who you were always meant to be. Love it. Thanks so
0: much, Camille, for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to chat. Thank
1: you. It's been a pleasure.